grace and gladness. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're supposed to start a new series on uh, new creation realities. But now, I don't know, it take us most likely till November. So we don't want you to miss service. Alright? Yeah, I think it's very important for us to participate in what the Lord is doing as we as we journey about as we journey in what um, Christ has done for us. Amen. Praise God. Say my heart is open to receive God's word. Hallelujah. But I think that one I'll have to do it on a Sunday when I have a lot of time. Today I'll teach you about what um, the Lord has had spoken to me during the week. I don't know. Did you guys watch the live? You watched it? Did you get something? What did you get? Did you watch it? Go and watch. Maybe Pastor Leone can tell us what you got from that live. Praise the Lord once again. Um, From the teaching, sir, I learned so much in terms of aligning yourself with the spirit of the Lord mm. and you were explaining deeply so much on carrying of unloading our burdens in our Lord to the Lord and also understanding the essence of process mm-hmm. understanding why challenges come to our lives because most people when they experience challenges they think that everything has gone differently to what their purpose in life is yes and some and most of the times the challenges that we believers um, pass through in life is for our growth mm-hmm. and for me that was one of the greatest things that I took out from that teaching pastor sir that the challenges that come to our lives come actually to build us mm-hmm. because they act as a building stone and block for you to be greater in the things of the Lord okay. yes pastor sir if Terry, Terry watched okay did you watch huh how many minutes did you watch Oh, still. <laughs> Wrong guy. We are delivered. In Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. And Shiloh, you can be fast. Matthew 11, <coughs> verse 28. Matthew 11, verse 28. Uh, it's, on the sc- it's on the screen. You can see it. It says, Come unto me. Do you have. Uh, New King James, NKJV. Okay. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So everyone who's carrying burdens comes to who? To Jesus. So the only hope for rest for anyone with challenges, with burdens, is Jesus. First, you must agree that one. Are you together? So he says, come unto me who? All you who labor, you are in toil, and you are heavy laden. Hallelujah. And I will give you rest. I will give you rest. So this is, everyone who has an issue, you can bring it to Jesus Christ. Everyone. It doesn't matter what issue it is. Now, this is very simple, but very profound. 
Because to many, Christ is a second option. Almost a third. Have you ever heard of this statement? Um, uh, God, you're my, you're my last hope. Have you ever heard that statement? You're my last hope. Why, why is God your last hope? He should be your first one and your only one. Hallelujah. I've tried anything, everything. Now, now, now it's only God. The, the challenge, why that thing is there is because you have tried everything first before trying God. So God is like, um, have you guys watched, um, sadly, sadly this week, the, the queen passed on. And the queen's son, Prince Charles, is now King Charles. All right? Now, how, how that tree goes is, after King Charles, it is firstborn son. So it never goes to the secondborn. Unless all of them are wiped out, then it goes to the secondborn. Even after Prince William, who's the firstborn son of the king, it will go to, to the child of Prince William. It can't veer off unless all of them are wiped out. Are we together? So you find that the brother to the to the prince or the child of the sister of the king can be the 14th heir. Can be option number 14 if all of these ones are wiped out, which cannot happen, even though they're related. Because the first choice always comes to the firstborn son or the firstborn daughter, whatever the case may be. As it was with Queen Elizabeth, she was the firstborn daughter, so she was queen. Are you together? So there are people who go to the 14th heir to look for solutions. They never stick with God's plan. They never stick with God's solution. So here he's saying, he says, I will give you rest. Now this is Jesus Christ talking. So the integrity of God is banked on this statement. It is a guarantee he will give you rest. So you're not coming hoping for rest. I want you to understand. You are coming confident of rest. Now, I love to deviate Kido. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. If you have looked for other solutions, the Lord has forgiven you. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a scripture I want us to look at. Verse 14. I'm going to go into verse 16. Look at it. Verse 14. Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our what? Confession. Next verse. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our what? Weaknesses. So he sympathizes with our weaknesses. He to a degree, he understands certain things. Then he says, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. The reason why he, ca he can sympathize with you is because he has been in your shoes before as a man. He too got tired. He too was tempted. But yet, the difference is he never sinned. So that's why you can understand. So this statement, put yourself in my shoes. The person who's put himself in your shoes is Jesus Christ. Next. Let us therefore come how? Boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy 
the Lord's presence is here. He says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. The word obtain there means collect, not beg for mercy. Obtain and find grace to help in terms of need. Why? Why are you coming boldly? Because he understands. Because he understands your shortcomings and weaknesses. So you come what? Boldly. That's how you come to God. In confidence. You're not coming hoping that you... You will find mercy. You're not coming hoping that you'll find grace. You're coming knowing that you'll find them. You're coming in full confidence, knowing that in Christ I can obtain mercy. And I will find grace to help in time of need. So where do I go in time of need? Not other solutions. I go to the throne of grace. To Jesus. Do you know where his throne is? In your heart. So I simply become aware. I talk to him because he's there. I start praising him, worshipping him, asking him to tell me how to solve this thing. I don't have to go somewhere. The throne is here now. If you're born again. Because the Christian is born into God's presence. We look at some of those things when we're talking about new creation realities. You are born into God's presence. So let's go back to that Matthew. Do you remember it? It's Matthew chapter what? 11. Verse 28. Let's go back. Verse 28. He says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. <laughs> Glory to God. So the only hope for rest for mankind is in Jesus Christ. It is nowhere else. It's not in friends, not in family, it's not in wealth, it's not in nothing. It is Jesus Christ. That is the only guarantee. The other ones, you might, you might or might not find. And if you find it, it is not, it is not uh, permanent. It, it is not solid. It is not something that you can bank on. Now look at this. Next verse. Take my yoke. So this is part of his rest. I want you to see what his rest involves. Take my yoke and learn from me. So his rest is not releasing and then you, there's nothing you're carrying. That's not rest. In fact, when you release and you disappear, you are still burdened. Why his rest involves yoking. You'll see, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In other words, he, you only learn, and I will show you, when you are close to him. You don't learn from afar. I'll show you why I'm talking in those terms. You take his yoke upon you and you learn from him. So this rest cannot be enjoyed apart from you taking the yoke and learning. Are you together? For I am gentle. Oh, glory to God. So this is not a yoke of punishment. It is a yoke of gentleness. And lowly in heart. He is humble. And you will find rest for your souls. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. You will find rest. Don't you never say neighbor. Do you need rest? Next verse. Let's read together. Mm -hmm. Again. One more time. 
my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. So that yoke that you are taking is easy. That is, a, that is the, what you call the technology of rest. Is that you, you come and offload yours and you take his. But his is easy. And his burden is light. So, you are, you are still carrying something. But this carrying is what gives you rest. Does it make sense? It is this yoking and carrying that gives you rest. That the moment you drop it, you are burdened. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, do you understand what Pastor is saying? <laughs> Turn to another and say, neighbor, do you understand what Pastor is saying? Let's read the scripture again. Can you give me the NLT? Glory to God. NLT. Let's read. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Do you know why everything you face in Christ? Now, there are challenges that come because of foolishness. Never forget that. Those are not easy. But you will still escape. Why? Because God knows. You know, even sheep sometimes, they veer off. They find a wolf, they are beaten, they run. God goes, you know, do you know why God leaves the 99? The, the good shepherd leaves the 99 to go for the one. The one should never, should never have been lost. It is foolishness that caused it to be lost. But still he will come and look for you. It, 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 it actually does not exempt you from foolishness. Say, I refuse to be foolish. Don't be foolish. So don't preach and be say, I'm the one that... See, be, a, be among the 99. Mm. Don't be a rebel and a vagabond. You say, I don't want anything to do with God. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about your Christian life. You went through so much difficulty that you say God is no longer real. He will still look for you. He's a good shepherd. He will find you. There's no running away from him. But look at this. The yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 10. Quickly. I give you why is using those words of yoke. Isaiah 10, verse 27. I want you to pay attention. I know you quote this scripture, but I want you to have understanding of this scripture. Let's read. In that day, the Lord will end the bondage of his people. He will break the yoke of slavery and lift it from there. Mm -hmm. No, give me, give me King James, KJV, please. Give this one. Give me King James. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck. And the yoke shall be what? Destroyed. Because of the? Because of the? I'm sure you've ever had this, this portion preached somewhere, isn't it? It is true. But I want you to see why they use such explanations and terms. To say yoke destroyed because of the anointing. Now the word anointing there means fatness. Fatness. From an animal. And the concept is there is a calf. It's always kicking. If you've grown in a farm or you've gone to Shago. In fact, when they come here, the ones that I tell you to watch is the Ndama. Is a calf because it is excited. It is not constrained. 
It is always kicking everywhere. But the old bulls always come. You know, up country in my village, we used to have a bull that my brother found. And I'm the last bull. M- my our firstborn found that bull. I'm telling you, that bull has where it will testify. It has been taken care of. <laughs> it is not in a hurry. It has seen everything. It has seen us. See people come, go. Things have changed. It has seen cars, bicycle, everything. It has been there from the early 80s. If not the late 70s. It was sold a few years ago. So those are the ones that are calm. The ones that are younger are very excited. They kick all over. They even tell you, watch them. They can kick you. So what, what they used to do, because in these days they used to till the land using oxen. So they'll get a, an experienced bull that is used to tilling the land. You know, Betem was younger. In our village, they used to use that Betem was very young. So I can remember. There used to be a, a yoke, what you call a yoke. So the more experienced bull is given the yoke. Then that calf that is gallivanting all over is taken to be trained and is also put, put for a yoke. Are we together? Are we together? But the whole of the of the smaller of the calf will be a bit smaller because the neck is not the same size as the bull. So it has to be trained how to till the land. So this more experienced bull will be paired with this inexperienced calf. And they'll be tilling the land, tilling the land, tilling the land. So it will try to kick, try to kick until it discovers I cannot escape from this bondage. After a while, it will settle down. Then it will start developing. It will start adding weight, growing, growing, growing. Then, because it is getting bigger, even the neck is increasing, the fat around the neck increases and breaks that yoke. So now the yoke is now destroyed by reason of the fatness. Now, this can be typified in certain terms. Now, first of all, aren't you to understand, the anointing in whatever operation, whether I lay hands on you, we speak a word, we cast out devils, the anointing destroys every yoke. But the context of this is what I've explained to you, which is a different context, where an inexperienced calf, which is you and I, is paired with an experienced bull, which is Christ. And then we are yoked together. That's the yoke that is easy now. We are yoked until we, we become disciplined in life. Until we become tamed to learn how to till the ground. Until we learn how to be, to be at rest and calm and not jump all over. Until we learn how to, how to work the ground that is given to us. We will not grow. So as we rest, we are trained to become like this bull. So that the next cow that will come will be paired with us. Who have been experienced because of what? Learning from the older bull. (coughs) Are you getting what I'm saying? So that after a while, it will break. And I can't run all over. You can't now run all over. Because you're already tamed. Then another one will be brought, a younger one, that now you will have to do what? Train. So this is the principle of yoking. This is what yoking is. That is why the rest involves, there is no rest. There is only wandering if you are not yoked together with Christ. Are you together? So this yoking must take place. So Christ now gives you his yoke which is light. 
and his burden, you know, his yoke which is easy and his burden which is light. So there's something, this burden, you can call it responsibility. Because you must carry something. If the only reason why Christ came to the earth is for you to go to heaven, the moment you got born again, you will have disappeared. But there's work to do. But you see, before God gives you certain things, he has to train you. He has to train you. He can't just give you anything. Yes, you are an heir, but you will not access your inheritance until you are trained. Until you learn of him. You learn of him. And you do not learn from afar. You learn by being yoked. You learn from here. Oh, hallelujah. Such that this experience of this, this bull becomes your experience. Anything that will touch it will touch you because you are close. So part of your learning is carrying that load. Carrying that responsibility. Carrying that burden. Are we together? That's part of learning. So you learn of Christ. That's what is called discipleship. You learn. You learn how to walk the narrow path. When you're, when you're a young calf, you want to run all, all over. You don't want to climb a wall. When you're trained, you, you learn where to eat and how to go home. Hallelujah. Have you ever heard this terminology? My sheep know my voice. Have you heard it? Do you know where that concept comes from? It's still the Jewish culture. So let's say all of us were Jews. Anyway, we are Jews inwardly, Paul says. Or let's say we were Jews. In the family of Pastor Frank, the family of Shiloh, of Frank, of uh, Terry, of um, um, Joanne. So we have, let's say, five families in one village. Are we together? So all of us will graze our animals together. We'll graze them together in this sense. We'll have in the middle, it's even in, 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 in Maasai culture, in the middle of the boma, we'll have where we keep animals together. So all our animals will be there. Are you together? So maybe you have 20 sheep, you have 30, you have 40, you have 60, whatever. So we'll, we'll graze together. We'll, we'll go, all of us have a shepherd. Me, I have my own shepherd. You have your own shepherd, you have your own shepherd, you have your own shepherd. But in the night, we all keep them in one boma. But how do they know how, if my shepherd comes and a shepherd comes, my, my sheep will not follow your shepherd. So what used to happen, each shepherd had a distinct sound, either a whistle or a voice, something. So if he whistles in a certain way, only my sheep will follow him. Others, maybe will will maybe give another sound, maybe another type of whistle, your shepherd. Only your sheep will follow him. So we didn't need to stamp the animals. They just had to learn the voice of the shepherd. That's why I'm saying the, the, the one sheep that wanders is because it's not listening to the voice of the shepherd. So the sheep that is safe is the one that has mastered the voice of the shepherd. Not only hearing, but also following. So you can know his voice because the Bible doesn't say my sheep pray to know my voice. As long as you're God's child, you know his voice. There is no excuse to hear all of you hear God. Let me just tell you the truth. <laughs> Whether you come to say it's something told me, something told me, all those things, you hear God. You do. You do. But now you must also master the art of following that voice. Because now it is an act of faith. You have to follow. Hallelujah. Praise God. And your following must be evident. There must be proof. I will show you what happens when you follow. Let's go to Psalm chapter 23. 
Still have that context of sheep and shepherd. Look at it. Psalm 23. Quickly. Let's go there. Well, I can quote it if you. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh boy. The Lord is my. I shall not want. The shepherd takes care of the sheep. Next verse. He makes me lie down in green. This is very important. Green is a place of plenty. He leads me beside the still waters. So when my shepherd comes back, how I know that my sheep have eaten well, I check their belly. If they are green, because they were lying down in green pastures, I know they have eaten well. If they are dusty, I know today they suffered. So, God shepherding you, you enjoying the good pasture must be evident in your life. So, the following of the shepherd must have evidence. So that when it is, it is investigated, you can see your belly is green. You are in green pasture. This is the concept of Jewish shepherding. It's not a story that Dani is writing here. He's, he's, he's bringing you the mind of a shepherd and sheep in his days. So you will check, you will check whether if your shepherd went to play, you will know. If they are green, you see that stain of Nyasi, you will know these people who are enjoying the good of the land, I'm telling you. So it is the art of following and responding. And that is in close proximity. You have to be yoked and to carry that burden. That burden is actually a responsibility. And so what does this yoking do to you? You start, and now, already you're in rest. It is not something bad. That's why anytime you feel like God's training, because in another place, you hear things like the chastening of the Lord is grievous. But if you see what God puts to you as a responsibility and as training, as, a, as, as something that you can run away from, you forsake your rest. So your rest is only enjoyed as long as you are yoked. As long as you have carried the burden of responsibility given to you, specifically to you. That is the only guarantee of rest that you have. Now, I'll tell you something about the world. When someone abandons this duty of being yoked to Christ and carrying his burden, which is light, and runs to the world, he will give you a certain marketing ploy to make you think that he's fine. How does the enemy win people? How does he win them? He puts it in your face so that you can see, ah, this guy is making it. This guy, this guy is doing well. So that we will not question where you get your money or your wealth. Just make it by all means. So the Satan will sell you the front end of the software. You see, when you go to Facebook, you are seeing the front end. There's a lot of gibberish that is behind. There are a lot of coding and numbers that you don't understand. You just like and something pops, you laugh, you do what you laugh, you do an emoji of tears. But a lot of things is hidden on, on, the, on the other side, the back end, that the website developer knows about, that you know nothing about. This is for your user experience. This is what they sell to you. Hallelujah. So that's what Satan will market. So that you can consider that is his, his, his green belly that he wants to market to you. <laughs> Imagine. That's what he will do. And so 
he wants people to veer off so that they never come to the understanding that I have forsaken my rest. He never wants you to, to think that way. Because physically you will feel as though you're rested. But in a short while you discover that you're actually very heavily burdened. Because now you're carrying the responsibility for your life. You are supposed to be carried by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So don't abscond duty. Don't abscond duty. When you come to Christ, take, you know, we are told to, to take up our cross, our cross, and follow him. Whose cross are we supposed to take up? Ours. So every, everyone in Christ has a cross. That you carry. Who helped Jesus Christ carry the cross? Simon of Cyrene. He helped Christ carry. Everyone will be like Simon of Cyrene. That your own personal cross you must carry. And that is what heaven looks and says, this man is at rest. So it is not a bad thing. I'm using other words to say, it is only in Christ, in, following, in you following his plan for your life, that you will find true rest and satisfaction. It is, only, it, is not, it is not in you doing what I'm doing. Neither is it in you following what I'm Because it is not our cross we are carrying. It is mine I'm carrying. Carry yours. Maybe your cross is something else. So if you come and try and carry mine, you'll be asked, why were you helping this man carry? He didn't need your help. He never says, just follow me. He says, take up your cross and follow me. You follow him as you carry something. Hallelujah. Praise God. It is very important to, for, for us to know that we are not supposed to define things Take us back to that book of Matthew. Matthew. Hallelujah. It's 11. The last verse. Can you read? Let's read. So, no matter how you define it, it is hard. God defines it as easy and light. So, your definitions don't matter here. You understand? I can't take it anymore. That is not... God is wondering, you can take it. It is easy. It is light. So, you must come to his perspective to know that this thing is easy. So, even when you're feeling like... In your, because in, in the journey of your walk of faith, which is personal, you will face certain challenges that you must face. Challenges, some of them are out of foolishness. Others are because you, you took the wrong step. Others are because of disobedience. Others are because of ignorance. Others are because you're simply stubborn. Others are because you're proud. Others are because you're selfish. There are very many things. But there are ones that you will never escape. No matter how good you do things, you will not escape them. You will not. Now, those ones, when you're going through them, rejoice. Hallelujah. Be of good cheer. Rejoice when you go through trials. We read one time that the trying of your faith, now there are many scriptures that, anyway, the trying of your faith works patience. So we must allow patience to have its finished work. So if there's no trial of your faith, patience can never find expressions from your spirit to the outside. You will never truly be a patient person if there's no trial. 
if it was palm, everything, microwave, palm, palm, there is no Christianity there. Are you together? Yes. So you will say, this thing is difficult. That is in your path. It is such a challenge, I can't bear it. The Lord will tell you, my burden is easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. In his terms. That means he believes in you more than you believe in what you're saying. He believes you can carry it. Hallelujah. Praise God. You remember uh, Moses went and said, I can't speak, I'm a stammerer. God said, oh, go. What is your business telling me all those things? Why? Well, it is an easy, the yoke is easy, the burden is light. Joseph was given work to do. He did it. Paul was given work to do. He did it. That's why Paul says, but our light affliction is but for a moment. Light affliction involves stoning, imprisoning, being beaten, one point dying and coming back to life. Paul died and came back to life. Then he has the audacity to write that this is light affliction. So if that, if that is light affliction, what is great affliction? Surely. A man has been stoned. Yes. And don't think it is, it is not cosmetic. The man used to have wounds to go and preach. And after he wakes up, he goes back to go and preach. It's light affliction. Why? Because it works for him. A far more eternal weight of glory. It is, it is what, when Paul considered what is coming, what God has in store for him, this one looked like nothing. That is why you must always live with eternity in, in perspective. Otherwise, you will not understand life. You must always live with eternity in perspective. After the earth, after this, that is how you properly understand things. If you look at now, you will never understand things. You will think God is unfair. Hallelujah. You will think God is unfair. Right now, when you read the Bible about the children of, of of Israel. We understand now what was happening. When, when we read about Abraham, we understand now what was happening. We now see it properly. When you see why the early apostles had to go through so much difficulty to bring the gospel to the ends of the world, we now understand why. If that never happened, the gospel would never have left. And I told you, they were in Jerusalem, meeting together. Every day they were there, worshipping and praising God. Until persecution. God allowed persecution. Do you know God can allow persecution? That is, that is for another day. Persecution that will cause you to go and preach. Because now they were scattered and they, they were forced to go and preach. Why? Persecution. So they left what is called comfort. They thought the gospel is only for the Jews. They were told, Thomas, who scattered you to India? Thomas was scattered. He went. And all of them died there and were buried there as martyrs. After many years, about 70 or so years, the only one who was remaining was John. And even him, it is that same persecution that they tried to kill him and boil him in a pot of oil that he refused to die. So they said, this man, you can't stay with such a person. They took him to the island of Patmos. And when he's there, visions of the revelation came to him. In great distress. Can you imagine? Hallelujah. So the Lord was ministering to me when I shared that video that morning. He told me, to, is that we should move from that kind of convenience to his his rest, where we carry, we are yoked and we carry his burden. You know nowadays Christians don't want challenges. They don't, they don't want, in fact, even if your family fights you, ah, pastor, my family is fighting me. A man's enemies shall be those of his own household. That's where your, your fight will start now. That means you're, you're in line with scripture. You're fine. Now you're, you, you want to step out of scripture to go to what? 
what does do you want to live by? Which book are you living by? Say they don't agree with me. Hey, they should even disagree more. One day a friend of mine went to his pastor and said, you know, I'm juggling between business, school, we are doing business with him. And then at the time, we were both in school. And then we were winning souls and what? I'm like, hey, it is too heavy. I said, you should add even more. Add more. Add more things to do. Because when you're young, you should carry. You should carry weight. So when you grow, it is easy. You know right now, I find it so easy. So easy. Why? Because I'm used to winning souls back to back for months. No stopping. Monday to Monday, four months. Open school, win souls. Close school, win souls. I'm used to it. So I'm feeling as though it is like, it is easy work. Why? Because I've carried that yoke. I've broken that yoke. I mean, another one. <laughs> you know, this one, you leave a yoke, you get another one. It's true. How will you truly learn how to love if you're never offended? So from when you're born, to when you go born again, after 10 years, everyone agrees with you, claps for you. That's what. There must be something. Offense must come. The Bible says offenses must. So if they come, how do you know how to love? If you don't know how to love when you're offended, you don't really know how to love. It's true. What you have is what is called lip service. Until you are stabbed in the back with three swords, then you discover. God says pray for that one. Then you know whether you truly love because that is the depth of his love. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for you to say, love me back, I love you too. There's no such thing. You didn't even know he was there. Can you, loving, can you imagine loving an object? Think about your child. If you have a child, or you've ever seen how a child behaves, you think the child cares about you. He's, not, he's there for milk. He has no business about you or whatever. As long as you feel the child, you think the, the child loves you. Not, for what reason? He's there for his survival. As long as you give him milk, and don't give him milk, you see how he disagree with you. He won't give you rest. He won't say, I'm loving you unconditionally. If you give me me, I'll be fine. If you don't give me, for what reason? Don't, don't give him. He will so mismanage your life until now you only sleep a few hours. That's how God loved us. When we were yet sinners, we didn't even know there's a God. When you were busy living your own life, he still loved you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Bible says that the Lord is one who comforts us and therefore we should comfort others with the comfort wherewith we have been comforted. So if there's no issue, how will God comfort you so that you can also go and comfort someone else? Hallelujah. So we must carry this. We must allow ourselves to be yoked and carry this burden. It is light. It is not a difficult thing. And it is specific to you. Are you together? What God is teaching you might not be what he's teaching me at the moment. Personally. You might come to church to learn the same thing. But at a personal level, he might be teaching you how to live by faith. Maybe me, he's teaching me how to walk in love. And there are things he will not... You see, this, this, this walk of faith, there are things he will not allow you to experience until you get rid of certain things. He will not. And I've said this many times. It's like it's actually like a class. It's a school. You pass by. That's why in, 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 the, in, in the Jewish culture, you could not become a rabbi until you're 30. No matter how many revelations you have, you must be 30 first. That's why Christ had to wait till what? 30. At 12, he was teaching. He was, do you know what it means to answer teachers of the law? 
and teaching them. Do you know what that means? You're debating the Torah and the prophets. They're debating. The man is answering them. Say, this one is this. Twelve. They didn't say, ah, finally, ah, this one. He should become the new rabbi. No. He, you will not, he will not test anything. In fact, only rabbis were allowed to have disciples. You could not have a disciple until you're 30. If you like, let God appear to you daily until you're 30. They are the only reasons. It's true. So Christ too had to wait. Then when he started like this, he now goes to go call what? Disciples. He was already a rabbi now, but he was not. In human times, they could not allow him because in Jewish culture, you only allow to have an apprentice once you're 30. That's why he could only start getting disciples when he started. There's nothing haphazard in this scripture. Why? Because there's a certain degree he had to enter. Because he came as a man, as a Jewish man. So you could dissect the Torah better than your rabbi. You will still stay, be called student. <laughs> At 19, you will be told 11 more years. Continue dissecting. Don't worry. Dissect, cook, eat. After finish eating, dissect again. When you're 30 now, you're called what? Rabbi. That is if you qualify to be called rabbi. By your teacher who say now this one, you're not rabbi. It is not you who say I'm rabbi now. It is your teacher who say now you're a rabbi. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then you are allowed to have disciples. To ensure that you not lead people into a sect. Are you together? Even Paul was under Gamaliel. Paul was under the strictest sect of the Pharisees. That's why he ended up the way he is. Very strict. So there were the Pharisees who could do anything. Then there were the ones that were strict. Strict. Paul was there. Trained very well in the law. That's why he will bring to, for you light from the, from the book of Psalms. He will bring to you light and give it to you in light of the new creation. You will wonder how this man, because he was under the strictest sect. That's why, before David could go and become king, he had to know how to take care of sheep and fight lion. If you cannot fight lion, you cannot fight Goliath. Fight bear. Fight bear. And then there were not very many sheep. I don't think there were many. There were few. Because when, when he was sent to take food to his brothers in the battlefield, they asked him, one of his brothers asked him, with whom have you left those few sheep? Few sheep. So God will train you with few. <laughs> Few sheep. Uh, amongst few sheep, bear comes. You fight for few sheep. If you cannot fight for few sheep, you cannot fight for much sheep. Amen. God cannot trust you with forgiving a family member. Hey. If you have business, you will scatter every call. You will scatter everyone. I'm telling you. You'll be firing and hiring. That, your biggest department will be HR. Because they will come and gossip in the lobby. <laughs> and you're paying them. But because you are trained by your family member who said you never want to anything and you had and you forgave them. Ah, God can give you more. Do you know why people revenge? Do you know why they revenge? Because they, 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 they bypassed a class called love. And forgiveness. You will know me. Watch that one, Mtanijua. You will know me. Once I make it, you will know me. All those things, all those things will lead you nowhere. Until you can be wounded. 
you can be hurt until you're like, ah! And then God says, pray for this person. You see, that is a degree of love you have to enter. It is a class. It is not easy, but it must be done. Hallelujah. God will tell you first. First one day, how will you resist temptation? If you're a lady, someone bicep will just disappear you from the ministry. One day you sell your company because of bicep. Others, because of scar, they will sell their company. They will sell their birthright. Why? Because the days are told to fast. Food, they cannot skip one meal. You can't skip leg if you cannot skip meal. You cannot skip bicep. If meal is what has, it is impossible for you to skip. So he will train you, keep you there. And that's why sometimes it seems that it is taking long. Because <laughs> you have to learn. Also, he will train you how to wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with things as eagles. They will run and will not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Waiting. Now, waiting, the issue of waiting comes with time. That you do not de determine certain times. You have to wait for God to determine certain things. So you have to wait. So you keep doing what he has told you until time comes. Because you can say, ah, it's my time now, it's my time. He will say, tell you, oh God. <laughs> and you know, funny thing about God, when he's training you, you will think what he told you will come to happen next week. Meanwhile, it will happen when you are 30 and you're 26. And that is if you follow his lesson. So you'll be there and say, ah, why? Because he wants to see whether you have staying power. So he will teach you the principle of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping in terms of giving, for example. He will teach you that principle. So you will, you will think by December you will be a billionaire. He will wait. He will wait to see whether you continue sowing for the next five years. <laughs> Until the love of money disappears from your heart. Then he will now bring it. When you, the fastest way to get things, physical things, is to detach from them. As long as they are there to you, you will stay long there. Very long. Hallelujah. He will allow you to be disrespected to see whether this humility is true. Is it humility because you, you are actually have not made it in quotes? I'm a lazy quote, I make it. Joel. Joel Is it true humility? He will he will ask. Is it true humility? He wants to see. Can I show you something strange? Do you remember when Hagar it is, it is Sarah that said, yeah, listen to God only. It is Sarah that said, God, take Hagar. And if you are a man, your own wife, Pastor, you, you say, take Hagar. Your wife is the one that, your wife is the biggest stumbling block for you to get anyone else. And she's the one telling you get someone. You will go very fast. Abraham went and collected Hagar, the Egyptian. And then she blossomed. Then she went to where? To the wilderness. Do you remember? Then the angel appeared because the same person that told her, oh yeah, go to my husband, is the same person that chased her. Who is Sarah? Then in, in, in the wilderness, after being mistreated, being what? Mistreated. The angel appears and says, go back. God, God's instruction is go back to where you are being mistreated. You see, you'll be, you'll be like, ah, God will come to revenge. You say, oh yeah, go back. <laughs> go back to Sarah. 
go back to your master go back and she so the only way is to go back that's part of training where you feel like you're being burdened is where he will tell you go back so you want to move out from home say stay there they knock your head every day wash dishes every day wash the house how should your neighbor has your name been mentioned It's burden, Pastor Leo. It's burden. You know, even you, part of my dealings with you, is burden I'm carrying. It's yoke. Because I'm trying to train you. Sometimes you veer off, I bring you back. You veer off, I bring you back. You veer off, I bring you It's burden. God, God is teaching me how to be patient. I was speaking to my wife today. I said, I was telling her, part of being a pastor is being patient with people. Very patient. Very patient. Don't come today, next week, they, ah, robber, blah, blah, blah. They would sometimes. One year you don't see them. People have not seen for one year. Then they come back. And they're very committed. One year I've not seen them. Others two, like this. I don't even know where they are. But it's patience. You build. <laughs> If you're not patient, you think everything is It's patience. You walk with them. Over time, you learn how to build them. It's like a child. You are not abandoned at year three. They stayed with you many years. 18, wengine 15, wengine 20, 21, 23. Bado uko hapo na kuchunga. Umwasumbua makula kichwa. Uko pale bado kwa nyumba. And they are finally releasing you. But even sometimes they have reservations. Who you kulia mejua bado. After all those years, imagine. So what makes you think that you'll come here and then next week you're, you're scattering all over? No. It's time. Are we together? So what is the admonition for today? Don't run away. What Barcelona is saying from process. It is part of your yoke. And burden. Don't run. You can never. Let me tell you. God is so big. If you run away right now to North Korea, he's still there. He's strange. You'll be amazed that he's still there waiting for you. Amen. Yeah. someone you really disagree with because I pray for them. Ah! That's part of training. He, he, he is training you because there are things you will not you, you will not you never taste unless you have matured in Christ. You see how Christ was? He was on the cross. On the cross. He's saying, "Father, forgive them." I you know some things I read the scripture I wonder. Me if I was God. I sent three lightnings. From the four corners of the earth. They will strike all those who they will fry them. Everyone in their full attire, you are roasted. You, you are roasted. You roasted. But Christ was like, you know what? Forgive them. For they know not what they do. I, imagine saying that on the cross. Hey, 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 hey. Let me tell you a story. As I finish part of this. There was a man who was very rich. Well, he grew up with one of his friends. And they were young, they grew up together in challenges. Then one of them became very rich. Other one was not didn't see a manifestation of the wealth. Because of certain reasons. Because there are many reasons why people end up where they are, isn't it? You know, you can be born somewhere, but choose not to remain in that state. You do not choose where to be born. So don't don't accuse your parents. That is foolishness. It is a blessing that you were born that God chose them to bring you. 
because they didn't even know it was you who was coming. But how your life will end up is up to you. Because anyone who knows Jesus Christ can make out anything out of his life according to God's will for their lives. So this man was very wealthy. So later he met his friend and said, ah, what's happening? You know, he said, I've been having challenges with my family. I've been, he said, oh, me, I'm wealthy. We will eat together. So he took him. He took him in and his family. He took care of his family. Went and bought him a mansion. Put him there. Everything. <coughs> Did everything for him. So after a while, this friend who was helped started plotting how to kill this friend who helped him. So you know how people are. I'm a wanted to plot to kill this friend who has helped him. So he said he's going to take him to, to a witch doctor and put a charm on him. But how this ended up was like this. This friend of his became sick, the one who helped him. He became sick. Before even the charm, he became sick. So he told his friend to run the business. The one he had helped. The one who was in need before. So he's running the business. So he saw, he came to his friend and used style and told him, I have a certain doctor who can really help you. A certain doctor will give you charm. You will be helped. He called him a medicine man. Herbal medicine. So this friend, because he trusts his friend, like, ah, take me there. So he took him there. But before he took him, he had told the witch doctor or the medicine man or the herbalist, I'm going to bring my friend here and I want you to kill him. Then the man asked, can I ask you a question? The herbalist. What wrong has he done me? He said, he's not done me any wrong. I just want, want his wealth. He's sick now. Let him pass. He let him. You want his wealth? He helped you, yes. But I'm not happy that he's wealthy like this. Let him just go. I want all his wealth to me. So the daughter said, yes. So the daughter told him, bring the guy. Then I'll do my thing. Then you go. Then on a certain time, you can come back. Then we have done. So he brought the guy and left him, his friend. So the witch doctor hid him behind the shrine. Then he called for the guy who had come to kill his friend. He says, come. Meanwhile, he has already briefed that guy that your friend wants to kill you. So he removed him and said, I cannot kill your friend. You want so the friend was shocked. He said, you wanted to kill me. This is doctor. It's even his abilities has helped me. You wanted to finish me. And I've helped you like this. Eventually, he recovered. If you were that man, what would you have done once you recover? You would scatter. Heads will roll. But that's not the breed of Christ. Do you know what the man did? The man forgave him. I said, I know it's your, it's your challenges. Nishida in Kufana is. Mazoya Shida Sana. So, you know, I come in and can pay Taisha. Mazoya Shida can make you betray. Nishida Mazoya. So, I'll forgive you. And I'll make you my business partner. Do you know how the story ends? They dwelled happily ever after. And their families flourished. I know the movie has told you that the man will come revenge and scatter. Then you'll be happy, hey, starting as one. The man forgave his friend. That is the path of Christ. Of forgiving the one who has hurt him. After knowing that the friend wanted to kill him. It is a fictional story, yes. It is really told in certain places. 
The reason is to show you how Christ's love is. How he thinks. How he thinks. That man truly is in the spirit. So it also tells you why the man is even wealthy to begin with. Because there are certain things he has mastered in the spirit. He has passed certain tests. He knows. I pray that you live like that. In Jesus' name. Bible says, vengeance belongs to me, not to you. Let's to God. Wait God to revenge. If you revenge, you spoil the plan. Will you say the Holy Ghost led you? Was he there leading you to speak ill on your friends? Was he there leading you? No. You must master it. So you see, these are things that you will pass. Then more, what you call true riches, which is very spiritual, shall be committed unto you. You will notice now. Ah. May the Lord help us to walk in love, to walk in his word, to live by faith. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not easily angered. Love does not insist on its own way. And God is love, remember. So you go back, you allow your character to be built. And the faster you build, the faster you graduate from that class. One man of God said, in God's classes, the lecturers don't change because he's a lecturer. <laughs> I laughed. This is what you find in families. There's so many disagreements. Why does sin increase? Because of fear, because of selfishness. To appease yourself and to protect yourself, to preserve self self-preservation. So you lie, you don't lie because you're a bad person, you lie because you do not want to be seen in a bad light, or you want to you want to avoid consequence. So the Lord brings you back. You take his yoke, which is easy and his body. Right now you already have it. That is why there are things he has told you to do and to change, isn't it? Is there anything the Lord has spoken to you specifically this year, even if it's one thing? I'm sure there is one thing he has told you. Even if you read your Bible, uh, even if it's that one, it is part of the burden. Even if he's told you fast once a month, it's part of the burden. Even if he has told you pray for your family, even if he's told you share this with your sister. And my prayer is that we'll come to live like God. Let me show you something. As I finish Ephesians chapter chapter 1. Have you gotten something? So your rest is in carrying that burden. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ephesians chapter three verse fourteen verse fourteen uh, give me KJV I want to read the next few verses 
For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. Quickly. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Have you noticed we have a family in heaven and on earth? Part of our loved ones who have died in the Lord and the saints of old are part of our family in heaven. The whole heavenly host of angels, the elders, all of them, part of our family and our Father himself. Amen. That he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you, being what? Rooted and grounded. In what? Uh-huh. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, that is the width, the length, the depth, the height. How wide, how long, how high, how deep. Next verse. Is the love of Christ. And to know the love of Christ. This word no. Ah. Let me give you that meaning in the Greek. See, I know by the Spirit. And to know. This word is the Greek word ginosko, which means to become aware of the love of Christ, to come to an awareness of the love of Christ. Uh -huh. then that you may be filled with all the fullness now does God live in you in fullness yes he does where in your spirit but in your soul the knowing of the love of Christ for you how much he loves you and how much he loves people this knowledge allows you to be filled with his fullness in your soul then we will see the fullness of God in your life at every moment, everything about you will speak God. Why? Because you have come to an awareness of the love of Christ. So yes, he's inside. Something can be inside you and you, do, and you don't see it. Patience is already inside you. Peace is inside you. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, meekness, gentleness. All, all those are in your spirit if you're born again. But why don't you see them? They are not in your soul. Because peace might want to flow from your spirit into your soul. It finds a wound, an injury. It, it finds unforgiveness and bitterness. It finds pain. It finds a wrong attitude. It finds pride. So now it can't express itself. So your life, there's never peace because that thing is a, is a blockage. So the fullness of God, God dwells in you fully by spirit, in your spirit. However, when he wants to give that expression to that fullness, he must find that in your soul there's a full awareness of understanding. That's why Paul said that in the eyes of my understanding, which is in your soul, may be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of my calling. That I may know it, because that knowledge is what allows you to give an expression to it, to see a manifestation. Because your life is primarily affected by what is in your soul. Hallelujah. A Christian who is unwell, for many years is sick. Is God not in that Christian? He's there. But he must come and find that his soul is clean. Sometimes it is unbelief. Sometimes it is giving up in the soul. Sometimes it is fear in the soul. Sometimes it is bitterness in the soul. So the healing cannot manifest. It is still, it's already here. Don't think anything is coming from... God lives inside you. He is already there. So the more, the more your soul is developed, the more 
the clog is removed. It's like cleaning a pipe. is removing all those negative attitudes. It's removing all that pride. It's removing that fear and unbelief. It's removing that bitterness. It's removing that ignorance. It's removing that wrong thinking. It's removing that mindset. So that God now will find expression because he has to have permission through your soul. Which I will still teach you in New Creation Realities. So I pray for you. That in the name of Jesus Christ, you remain yoked to Christ. And you will carry his burden, which is light. You will not escape his class. You will learn from him. Because you only take his yoke, then you learn. You cannot learn from a distance. He says, take my yoke and learn of me. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that, Lord, we shall see manifestations of this word in our lives. A hundredfold in the name of Jesus. Thank you for teaching us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take out your offerings. Hallelujah. Praise God. Have you learned something? You've learned something? Yeah. Take that burden. It is easy. I'm telling you, you will have a very beautiful life. 